Andrew, I'm so glad that you could join me tonight at the beautiful, luxurious new condominium of my new boyfriend. This is going to be so much fun tonight. Yeah. I can't believe you found a boyfriend and he was willing to quarantine for you. I, I can't believe I found a rich boyfriend, quite frankly, but this is going to be great. And he made us dinner. It's going to be a great evening. What was his I'm, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on his name. How can you forget his name? It's Hannibal. Oh, yeah, I guess that's really unique. I don't know why. But. Anyways, listen, he made dinner tonight for us. So before we go in, just, you know, like he really spent all day on this. He's an excellent cook. I think you're going to like it. And Hannibal, honey, we're here. What do you have made for us? Inspired by Auguste Escoffier, we are having long damion papillot. Served with a sauce of tuxel and oyster mushrooms. Picked myself. Oh, picked himself. Wow. That he's, is, that's pretty good. He's a picker. You know, he um, he picked me. Oh. Um, and you know what, too? Like, he's really good at um, at just, like, the little tiny things. Like, even, like, when he's making lamb for us, he goes to the farm to pick out the actual lamb itself, and oh. he always picks the loudest one. It's really funny. It was a particularly chatty lamb. Oh, <laughs> see how Chatty funny lamb. Is? Yeah, yeah it's it. pretty see, good. It's pretty I'll tell good. you what, though, those little tiny jokes and that accent of his, that's not all his tongue is good for. Don't give me ideas. Your tongue is very feisty. And as this evening has already proven, it's nice to have an old friend for dinner. He, Andrew, he, he called me old friend. I, Do you think th that means I'm not his boyfriend anymore? I, I don't know, but it's episode 38. Food is terrifying when you know where it came from. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. Fresh from the supermarket, carrots from California, and asparagus all the way from Peru. Where does your food come from? Welcome back. It's another episode of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And mine is Maddie. And if this is your first time listening to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we are a podcast that talks all about horror in real life and horror in the media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. And I never realized how much of a mouthful that was. It is, but you know, it's our it's our elevator speech, and God damn it, it works. And it's episode 38. Today we are talking all about food. Food. We all eat it, and we're all cooking it more and more these days. Yep. Because we have to stay inside. That's how it is. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I have definitely picked up a lot more cooking since uh, this all has happened. For sure. I mean, I cook... I cook every day. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, there would have been many days pre pre COVID 
where, like, of course I eat at my house, but, yeah. like, I ate, like, cereal. Mm-hmm. And then I went to work where at our office we're given lunch every day. We can order lunch this program that we have. And then for dinner, I might have gone out. I might have ordered food. But, like, now I'm cooking essentially three meals a day. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a different way of living right now. And so what we wanted to talk about today was just kind of where your food comes from, some maybe statistics around hunger. And where some, we're going. Yeah, where we're going. Um, the Maybe some of the importance of restaurants yeah. and like that kind of stuff. Starvation. But... You know, all the things that are making COVID really fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, before... It's a celebration. Right. And, you know, before we go there, we've been sort of doing this at the start of every episode. Andrew, how are you doing right now? I'm doing okay. Uh, we are being mandated to go back to the office Ugh. one day a week. So, so that's about that uh, an interesting statistic. Yeah. What one day does, I don't know. But you know what? I I walk around my Clorox uh, swipe Wipes. in my hand yeah. and I don't touch anything. And yeah. I basically just hang out at my desk all day. So that's fun. <laughs> what about you? Uh, you know, I th- okay. I, I don't think anyone's doing great, but... You know, it's uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks, I feel like, for everybody. You know, like, there's been so much bad shit in the news. Yeah. And we had a tornado in Chicago. We had a Chicago. tornado in Chicago, which is wild. And just, like, we had we had another set of riots the other, the other uh, last weekend. So it's really been a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do client meetings all day long, as, as people know, and, you know, on and during my work day. And all my clients this week... You could just see it. it. Like, it's not just me. It's not just you. It's it's everybody. Everybody is just tired as shit. Yeah. And everyone's tired of dealing with it. So, you know, if you're out there feeling the same way, you're not alone <laughs> at all. Like, in fact, you're you're joined by throngs of millions, except, yeah. except for the people who apparently can't put on a mask and are just determined to keep things going forward in the wrong direction, which is actually a problem with food yeah because if we don't take care of that one issue right now it can affect our food chain our food supply and have ripple effects across the world so we'll talk more about it but i think as usual you pulled together some interesting just definitions of things we yeah. might want to think about yeah i think um just to kind of level set everybody in kind of the food category there are a couple of terms that are thrown around in our grocery stores that are kind of like Wait, what does that actually mean? Yeah, right. Like, so I kind of pulled together the first one that I think everyone is really familiar with, but maybe don't know kind of the practices behind it is organic. So organic has been around since what? Probably the late 80s, early 90s as like a grocery store, like staple on food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it basically means charge more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But Produce can be called organic if it's certified to have grown on soil that has no prohibited substances applied for three years prior to harvest. So it couldn't it couldn't have been drunk for a while, basically. right? <laughs> it would have been uh, sober soil. Um, prohibited substances include mostly synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. Um, in instances when a grower has to use a synthetic substance to achieve a specific purpose, the substance must first be approved according to criteria that examine its effect on human health on the environment. Um, and this is all from the USDA. Yeah, so, sure, sure, sure. Um, and then they also have to go through kind of a rigorous um, approval process where they yeah. get recertified every year yeah. as organic soil. So sure. that's kind of for produce. That's interesting. For meat, um, regulations require that animals are raised in living conditions accommodating to their natural behaviors. So enough room for them to graze. and Free range kind move. of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
um, fed 100% organic feed and forage and not administered antibodies or hormones. You know, it just sort of makes you wonder, what if we just did that for all of our food? I know. Like... It's, it, you know, I, w- I was watching this, this interesting little, like, older documentary today, and that's what somebody actually mentioned, was how, like, the whole design of the way that we do food in America is not designed to produce good food. It's just produced to produce food. It, it's, it, no, it's designed to produce good profits. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can see that, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, profits are not what feeds you and me. It's what feeds, you know, the 1%. Mm-hmm. And so what if, like, 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 just dream about a better world, which is so much fun to do anymore during this <laughs> shitty time. Like, imagine an America where literally the only stuff that we grew was just organic and that all of the animals were free range and, like, Wow, my God, that would like change our lives. It'd yeah. be incredible. I'll talk about that a little bit Ugh. when we get into our conversation because I like uh, have some experience in that oh, area. Oh, so. God, it makes me um, want a burger real bad right now, too. <laughs> makes me want a hot dog real bad. The other one that gets thrown around a lot are GMOs or non-GMOs. Um, so I thought I'd just define kind of that. Okay. Um, GMO stands for genetically modified organism. Uh, the definition of what it means to be genetically modified is honestly still debated to this day. Huh. Um, but when you see something labeled as non-GMO, it usually means that the genetic makeup of the plants and animals used in the product have not been altered for the purposes of food production. So like no chemistry was right. done on this. Basically. Exactly. Okay. Um, um, non-GMO products don't rely on altering something that genetic levels bring to store shelves. I'm trying to think of like what a non-GMO thing would be. Well, I mean, it would be like, um, I don't know, maybe like an animal that doesn't have any like, uh, because I know that with chickens especially, yeah. they're fed um, growth hormones sure. to the point where they actually collapse. Yeah, it's like, disgusting. They, their, their legs can't hold them up Ugh. anymore. Um, so that's like maybe one that, you could think about damn i mean it's it's true like you go to the store you buy chicken breasts and you're like what the fuck chicken has a boob right that, that big, big. like I it's know. huge know. you know what i mean um and then finally the last one that's i think like the most hotly debated maybe in our common society or at least it was when we were yeah, going to restaurants sure, sure. is gluten free yeah um so gluten is found in grains such as wheat barley rye and a cross and a cross between wheat and rye called triticale <laughs> That's, I don't know. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, gluten-free diets, they are supposed to help with celiac disease, but a yeah. lot of people find that when they go on this, they just feel better. They just, they, Their body feels better. Yeah. So they're like, well, maybe I have a slight aversion to gluten. Sure. Some people use it as an excuse not to eat gluten. It's all over the place with the gluten society. It's yeah. never been something that I really understood. I'm just glad that we can actually have like a definition of it now because yeah, I right. remember when I worked back in the uh, fine dining restaurant industry, this was a huge thing. Like yeah. everyone was like, "Well, does it have gluten?" And I would always be like, "I don't I, know. I have to go ask the chef." Jesus, they don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just I, the, I, the gluten thing is silly. Like you know, if if you're a celiac, it makes perfect sense, obviously. And like, I have friends that are; they are legitimately celiacs. And so they really can't eat gluten. I mean, they, they can, yeah. but if they do, it's not going to be good for them. Uh, it's like, uh, what is it? The uh, dairy. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like, like, like lactose intolerance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the problem is, I think, when you have Americans who are obsessed with weight loss and they think that not eating gluten will mean that like you're going to lose weight. Yeah. And that's actually not the case. It's, so, it's basically just like uh, carbs. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Like, like, well, it'd be like you're going to have gluten within bread. Like if you need the bread, it, mm-hmm. create, it creates gluten strains. But like if it's, 
it doesn't matter. Like if you're not eating gluten, you're going to eat something else. Got yeah. some news for you. So like you're still going to gain weight, my friend. Figure something else out if that's really important to you. Um, so uh, I did some research on some of our popular restaurant chains. Okay. Um, these are mostly fast. Actually, they're all fast food. Um, but I can tell you from my... Um, When's the last time you had fast food? I never. I don't eat fast food anymore. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, right? I'll eat fast casual. So we have yeah. like places like Pop Belly, Chipotle, or like Jimmy John's, like that kind of stuff. But I've stayed away from McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, all those for uh, fifteen years. Tell you what, though, I could I could definitely eat a Whopper and like <laughs> some some good French fries. That does sound good. And also. I could eat McDonald's chicken nuggets dipped in sweet and sour sauce. Well, you're going to see chicken nuggets in a little different light in a little I'm bit I'm probably here. not going to like so. it. Go tell us more. Um, so let's start with Subway. Okay. Subway in Canada, uh, they discovered, I think this was back in the 1990s. Also, Subway sucks. I know. Subway there, absolutely. There's so, many, there's so many other good sandwich like, shops. Like, why would you even go there anymore? I mean, like, back in the day when I was a kid, I used to love me a meatball sub. Don't get me wrong. And the grilled chicken sub, that was also good. And my brother's girlfriend, who is now his wife, she was a sandwich artist at Subway. Ooh. And we would go in there and she would be like, what do you want? You're getting whatever you want. <laughs> and it was like cookies and this. And it, oh, my God, it was amazing. I just remember that the internal dilemma of should I get chips or two cookies? Oh, chips yes, or cookies. totally. Or just both. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so in Canada, they found that actually um, only about 54% of the chicken was chicken. What the fuck else was it? It's like soy and like stuff like that. So using a lot of fillers for their meat product to save on costs. So that's why you're getting your five dollar foot long. I mean, it's just it's just so we're so obsessed with money. It drives me insane. Like it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> like if it's not if it's not chicken, why don't you just tell me it's not chicken? Right. And then I can make a choice. In fact, what if you say, okay, I've got this soy chicken thing, and that's what it is, mm -hmm. but for a dollar more, I can give you the actual chicken. Yeah. I'm probably going to buy the actual chicken. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck. And then um, I know that a few years back, um, actually, this is probably almost a decade now, that um, it, was, it was, no. Subway oh Jared. I don't know. That's a whole different episode. Just forget that. Um, that in their bread, there was a particular um, ingredient I, I that this, was also yeah. in yoga mats. What people won't tell you is that almost every fast food chain was guilty of that same ingredient. I'm sure. Subway was just the one that got caught. Do you think that means that if you put your yoga mat in the oven, it will smell like Subway bread baking? Probably. Remember that yeah. smell? Yeah. Oh, how can I forget it? It's literally like the same Seared smell. into your brain. <laughs> um, another one is um, Taco Bell. Um, actually, Taco and you know this got to be. Bad. I it it it's not great. Um, <laughs> with its its beef, it, it's made up of pretty much eighty eight percent cow filled beef and then twelve percent other ingredients. I love how it's uh, it says cow filled beef. I know. What does that even fucking mean? Oh, cow God. filled beef. Sounds so like, it sounds like a new fetish. It was FDA approved, but I mean. FDA, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. They're um, they're making money too. They also approved the stuff, which we'll talk about. Yeah, later. exactly. Look what um, happened there. The beef contained uh, soy, lecithin, 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 maltodextrin, lactic acid, and caramel color. So yeah. next time you're eating that uh, that 
uh, taco pizza or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that, 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 that's the thing, too. It's like with Taco Bell. And, like, look, do I miss having a Mexican pizza every now and then yeah. and, like, a grilled stuffed burrito that had, like, sodium for, like, four days? Yes. Um, but that being said, like... There's so many other Mexican restaurants, literally, probably no matter where you live in this country. I've even been to some of them in, like, South Dakota, right? Like, go to them instead mm-hmm. of going to Taco Bell. Like, it'll probably probably be real beef. Or, like, honestly, pick up a cookbook or... Uh, yeah, there's that, too. Or, like, kind of learn, like, the spices and learn the peppers and, like, It's really not that, that hard. Stuff. Not it's right really now. It's not that hard, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's just not. Um, <clears throat> I benefit from having a half-Mexican husband. Very so. true. And, he, and he's a good cook. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, McDonald's. Let's talk about these chicken nuggets. So, nowadays, I would say you're probably fine with your chicken nuggets okay but back in the day so this so back when i was eating them (laughs) 2000 around 2001 oh eating them a lot so jamie oliver actually exposed he's like that famous chef yeah i used used to be obsessed with him actually um he found that mcdonald's um had actually beef in their chicken nuggets and not just beef it's something they call pink slime. Oh, my God. So I, I do remember this, of course. Pink slime is like a finely textured beef that they basically spin in this contraption until all the fat kind of like comes out of it. Sounds like Farmer Vincent's been at work again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and it then, takes all kind of critters to make <laughs> Farmer Vincent's fritters. They use that to put into the chicken to oh. make it taste better. Oh my God. But just think about that. Think about that beef fat <sighs> in your chicken nuggets you, so let's say that you were because for a very long time in my life and we'll get yeah. to this when we talk about farming i i didn't eat beef yeah it was just like a thing for me um and we'll get to it yeah yeah sure um but i was unknowingly eating the thing that yeah, you didn't were want anyway to eat. well it's like their their fries used to be <laughs> their fries used to be fried in in beef tallow right yeah i mean like you were getting it no matter whether you wanted it or whether you didn't. Right. So that's kind of some of the stuff. I mean, I worked at a popular chain restaurant that yep. I will kindly refer to as Crapplebee's yeah. um, for a number of oh years. Oh, my God. And I could tell you some stories. What was their signature dish? Um, They're mostly like steaks. No, but I mean, like, what, they, they, they all have names. Uh, like riblets? Riblets, but God, there was something else from Applebee's. I can't think of what it was. I always liked a Fiesta Lime Chicken. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like... <laughs> Fiesta Lime Chicken sounds like you can get you can get that at Friday's, at Bennigan's, at Chili's, <laughs> yes. and at Applebee's. I'm sure they all have something along the It's all over the place. Um, mostly around food handling is a lot of my oh, yeah, horror sure. stories. Actually, the preparation of the food is pretty safe, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the only thing about um, Crapplebee's that I will say is... Most of your food is, if it's not a fresh piece of meat, most of it's going to come out of the microwave. So it's got the finest microwaves across the USA. I mean, at least if it's frozen, like you can kind of guess that it's going to be safe to eat. Yeah. It's all about port. I mean, listen, this is a national chain of restaurants that has to portion out each individual thing. And that takes time. And so, like, I kind of don't blame them. It's a business model. I mean, (sighs) but that gets us to 
kind of food tracking and yeah. um, kind of doing your due diligence to know where your food comes from. Sure. So, you know, there are some popular brands out there that you kind of know where your food comes from. So there are places like Purdue and Tyson that you can like literally know, like, yeah, I know where this came from. And actually I came across this app. It's called the origin trail app, which sounds really interesting. Yeah. And what a clever name. I kind of want to get it. Um, but essentially you can scan the barcode on any product or meat and it will tell you not only the nutritional value, but also um, where it came from. Wow. So like the region that it came from. There's all these tracking mechanisms in place Fr- in barcodes that I had no idea. Friday the 13th, sponsored by Origin Trail app. Yeah. So, I mean, I encourage you to download that app and maybe give it a try. I, I think it's... Also, just kidding. They're not really our sponsors. Unless you want <laughs> to be, you can... I believe that it was, um, if I, I remember right from reading the article, it was developed out of Stanford. Makes sense. So it was just an interesting way of like thinking about the animal or the farm. I think it's a great idea. That it came from. Sure. And that leads me to um, kind of my personal story with farming. Yeah. Most of our listeners won't know that I actually grew up like basically from, I'd say, 3 to 13. As a cow hand. <laughs> on a farm. Yeah. Like on an actual dairy farm. Yeah. Um, my uh, ex-stepfather's parents, are who are actually still alive, surprisingly, they're in their 90s now. Yeah. Um, they still have a running farm. Wow. They don't do cows anymore just because it's it was just it's got too work. hard. Yeah. Um, mostly now their main crops are corn and hay. Wow. Um, but back in the day when we were kids, we had chickens, yeah. we had cows, wow. um, and then we had like barn cats and stuff like that. Huh. But we never had we never had pigs. So I don't have a lot of experience around pigs. But yeah. um, my main job on the farm was the chickens. So I had to feed the chickens. I had to clean the chicken coop. And let Ooh. me tell you, those motherfuckers, I like chicken. It is a gross. Like that, <laughs> so I gotta gross. tell you, like if I had to clean a chicken coop, I probably wouldn't eat chicken again. It is so gross. Um, and I, I grew to kind of like hate chickens a little bit yeah. for a long time because they would always like when you're feeding them, they just want the food, so they just like peck at your legs. Oh yeah, of course like, they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for the longest time, we had a cow on the farm. Yeah. Um, it was a brown cow, oh. and my my grandparents had me convinced that the brown cow was the one that gave chocolate. Oh milk. my god. <laughs> so, but um, going back to what I said before, um, for the longest time, I didn't eat beef because I actually was part of the slaughtering process. Yeah, sure. So when we only had probably, I'd say, upwards of maybe four to five cows at a time at one time, most of the time more like two or three, um, because if a cow ever got sick or if it got too old or if it couldn't stand anymore or like that's when we would decide yeah. that, you know, we're going to use it for meat. Now. Sure. So my grandparents would uh, slaughter the cow uh, and basically keep some of the meat and then sell some of it. Um, we always had people, they had one of those wraparound um, drive throughs Yeah, sure. So people would pull up. Drive through. They'd honk their horn. My grandma would go, give them their 12 eggs. Honk, honk, <laughs> steak. Honk, honk. Yeah, and gross. I think, like, honestly, I think we sold eggs for like $1.50. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> so, and they were probably awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great environment to grow up around because I got to learn really, like, where food yeah. comes from. Sure. And I had to face the fact of, like, things make, die. Like, making, you know, making relationships with an animal yeah. and then having to see it get killed sure um and there's a really great um show called sweet bitter yeah i believe it's on stars it's all about like the restaurant industry in new york but in the beginning of the second season he basically takes his whole staff to a pig farm and they watch a pig get slaughtered sure and people are like oh my god but it's like 
well, now you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's well, just I, something to think I, about. I think it's important in a country obsessed with bacon that, like, you go actually think about where this thing is coming from. Yeah. You know? Like, you have to know so you can make better decisions, maybe. And um, I think nowadays a lot of these smaller farms that maybe were happening in some of these smaller towns, are they're fading away because all of these big farms, <laughs> like the big farms, like sure. Purdue, Tyson, like those kind of places. They control everything. Oh, they control everything. And they've bought up all these farms, and they now subsidize everything right. out. I remember watching the documentary about corn. When yeah. they force everyone to bring all their corn to this one area, they weigh it, they pay them by weight. Yeah. It's all controlled by I mean, big they, farm. they even control the seeds. Mm-hmm. Like, if you use a different seed that you're not supposed to use, like, they send it, like an investigator to you and they will sue you out of existence. Jeez. And, like, they just they have so much money, they can do whatever they want. It's insane. Yeah. And that leads me to, leads me to kind of animal cruelty yeah. in some of these areas. Obviously, it's going to be cruel to slaughter an animal. I'm not saying there's anything around that. We got a that. great episode on it. And um, that, that's just kind of what it is. But there are ethical ways that you can raise yep. animals and slaughter them in ethical ways that are not as bad as putting them basically in cages to where they can't even turn around. Sure. So some of this did more... Um, I got this from a blog from Rolling Stone yeah. about a woman who infiltrated one of these big farm areas yeah. that where she basically got hired. Yeah. Um, some of the things that she saw, um, piglets have their teeth ripped out at the <sighs> same time as they have their tails docked, which if you don't know what docking is, is basically cutting off their tail oh um, to prevent them from causing harm to each other when they're confined in their tiny pens. So they rip out their teeth, they rip off their tail so they can't bite each other when they're literally have nowhere to go because there's no room for them to go anywhere. It's just, you know, it's, it's like a, in, in Omnivore's Dilemma, they, they talk about uh, the, the book by Michael Pollan, which if you haven't read, you should. He talks about sort of like the, this dichotomy between dogs and pigs, mm-hmm. you know, and like in America, we revere dogs. We don't eat them, you know, ostensibly, um, but we eat every other animal except for cats. You know what I mean? And like house birds. So, I mean, there, there's a there, there is a switch that we all turn in our own heads yeah. about particular animals, mm-hmm. and it's something that you do have to think about. Like, you know, I like dogs. Sure, do I want to eat a dog? No, right. But maybe if I had a connection with a pig, maybe I might be the same way. Oh, I know. You know yeah. what I mean? It's um, unfortunately, I did read that. Um... Pigs are probably the smartest. They are the smartest animal. Um, next to dogs, essentially. Um, I read in the article that essentially a pig at its at its full capacity is about a three year old human. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to like brain capacity, and it's just it, and. Think about the horror that it goes through. And I'm not, and like, I'm not going to lie. Like I eat pork, so I'm like not going to, but like, do I want them to be able to like live maybe a longer life before, or maybe see some sunshine in their life or like something like that? Or not be tortured by like white trash, white trash. Like exactly. It's torture. What, what we do to them. Mm -hmm. And like, look, I mean, it's, I'm not, I guess what I'm trying to say is we're all complicit in it. Yeah. If, if you eat pork, you are actually part of the problem. And I think it's one of those things, too, where, you know, we, he talks about it in, in Omnor's Dilemma again, but also like in Fast Food Nation and a lot of other things. Like, 
companies will respond to what you demand. Mm-hmm. And so if you demand better practices, if you demand this or whatever, like they have to do it because that's what you're going to pay for. Yeah, it's just really interesting that it hasn't really gone up to the farming level Yeah, because there have been a number of these people that have infiltrated these big farms and have exposed these yeah. things for animal cruelty. Sure. And, you know, people are kind of um, charged for a second and then it kind of goes away. Yeah, So I don't know like what that is and I'm not sure like like what that means for like the yeah. human race but it's just an interesting thing to think about like yeah, it is. why we can't i think it's because we don't have to do it ourselves like it's yeah. someone else it's, it's something else it, it's so incredibly distanced from you by the time that you make that chicken breast at home or by the time that you order those chicken wings or by the time that you you know whatever it's just completely out of sight out of mind like yeah. it doesn't it's it's not even it's not even an animal on the plate for you it's just it's a, it's a it's a parcel of food. Mm-hmm. It has turned from animal into food and your brain skips over that part entirely because you just don't even think about w- it. Why would you think about it? Right. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't make any sense to you, mm-hmm. but it's something that we're going to have to think about more because we're doing okay now with COVID-19. I mean, in terms of food, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. At, at least in America we are, but we're like a, a, a hop, skip and a jump away from disaster. And, you know, I've been looking at some statistics over the past couple of days. A really scary one is that pre-COVID, 135 million people in the world were in starvation. Not like going to bed hungry. Yeah. Like you're dying because you haven't eaten. Yeah. That kind of thing. By the end of 2020, and that was right before COVID. By the end of 2020, it'll be 265 million people. Jeez. Think about that. Yeah, that, that's it's, crazy. There's going to be more people dead from hunger during covid than dead of covid yeah and it just shows you how the food supplies and the food chains have been interrupted and you know while in america like we're doing okay like think about the toilet paper thing right you know and we could say whatever we want about how silly that was but what it really points to is this this practice that we have in america called what is it just enough and just in time Mm -hmm. and it's it's a way of basically like maximizing profits in grocery stores that kind of thing so you only keep as much as you need for that particular time and you do it right in time that's it and then you skip on warehousing the fees and everything else which is not how it used to be yeah in the 90s before before the recession in the 90s whenever that happens like early 90s um things were actually really different most places kept at least four months of supplies on hand so that there would never be a shortage. Right. And so now after that recession, that practice changed, which is why now you saw like... And you're talking about in grocery stores. In, in grocery okay, stores, yeah. 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 And, but, but I mean the whole chain of it though, because it's more than just that. It's the warehouses where it goes. It's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, right? And so now that's not the case. Yeah. And look at the disaster that we find ourselves in. And so it's going to be interesting to see how things start to change in that regard, too, because eventually our food supply chain, if this disaster keeps going the way that it's going, it's going to be affected. Yeah. And what's silly is that I mentioned to you 135 million people, 265 million by the end of you know this year, there's enough food in the world to feed them all mm-hmm. entirely. I mean, think about you heard earlier in COVID, there were farmers dumping milk. Yep. Farmers euthanizing pigs. Yep. Farmers dumping eggs. All of that food 
could have at least gone to like people in their own community. I know, right? You know what I mean? But we destroyed it because it, we, there wasn't any cost-effective way to get it to people that are literally dying of hunger. That's ridiculous. And it's insane. Yeah, I did see in the in the post-now um, yeah. era, um, some of our local neighborhoods, I'm specifically talking about um, our, our north neighbor, Rogers Park, who yeah. <laughs> honestly was just hit really bad with a really bad tornado. It was awful. Um, but they have... What I find about Rogers Park that's really interesting to me yeah. is that they really have like a neighborhood community mutual aid, like because they've had to. They've gone through yeah. like a lot of ups and downs with with like um, gangs and with like crime, and so they've really like banded together to like yeah. make that neighborhood better. Yeah, and I noticed that they turned one of their old post offices that has not been a post office for forever. Forever. Yeah, they turned it into like a neighborhood food pantry. That's awesome. That's and, how like, it should be. It's kind of like a. Um, what do you call it? It's those little free libraries. Yeah. Um, just come and take what you need. And it's like, wow, that's really awesome. Precisely. That they do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another story you might have heard from this week about food is that in China, there was a very, I just said that just like Donald Trump. I didn't mean to do that. In China, um, there was a shipment of chicken wings from Brazil, this giant shipment that tested positive for COVID-19. Like, like the meat did? The, the meat did. Or like the surface of the meat? The meat did. Oh my gosh. And so it's it's a, it's a little bit of a scary thing. Brazil is, of course, kind of denying it, but also look at their weird president, Jair yeah, Bolsonaro. Yeah. So, I mean, there there is no solid evidence right now from WHO or from anybody else that you can contract it from the meat. Hmm. So, like, no one's discovered that yet. But then also, like... We're learning new things about this stupid motherfucker every day. Yeah. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we always say the, the titles of our episodes are always blah, blah, blah. It's terrifying. Whatever our subject is. Food is terrifying mm -hmm. because you don't know what's what's actually going on with it before you put it in your mouth. I know. Unless you kill the animal, mm -hmm. you really don't know. And it reminds me, my last story about it. The last trouble that I had with food was when I was in Hawaii in 2018 and it was actually the day of the nuclear um, the nuclear scare, if you remember that. Like, we all, I was in Hawaii that day, and we all thought that there was a nuclear missile headed toward us that morning. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. So, lived through that. And then later that night, I went to Maui Brewing Company in Waikiki. And, you know, great place. It's cool. You're on a rooftop. And I was the only one at my table to order the fish tacos. Because I order fish all the time in Hawaii. And who got the fucking food poisoning? This motherfucker. Oh, no. And it, that was the first time that I've had food poisoning. It was it was so bad. Like, I was on the phone with my mom crying, like, thinking, am I actually going to die? Like, oh that, that's how my body felt. And, like, well, it's just, it's weird to think about, like, even there. Like, I'm at this, I'm at this place. It is not a cheap place. It's trust fresh. Me. It's expensive. Yeah. I'm in Hawaii. It should be right out of the fucking ocean. Everything to me seemed like good. Okay, yeah, you can eat eat whatever you want. It man. only takes someone leaving that out for too long or Bingo. mishandling it Bingo. or whatever. And it was two days of me in bed throwing up, and you you can guess the rest. Yeah. Well, there's no I mean? really like with, for, with food poisoning. Like there's not there's no cure. There's no like cure. all you can do is hydrate yourself and yeah. like hope you get better. <laughs> yeah, without <laughs> like, a doubt. And you know the other the other part of it too that I would mention is you know thinking about where a food comes from. You better think about who the fuck picks your food. Yeah. And you know there's no. It is not a surprise to you that we are very liberal on the show. But I'll tell you what, you better be getting more liberal because if you want your food to be fucking picked, mm -hmm. you better hope that we keep immigrants in this country and you better hope that there's more of them that come in here actually because guess what? 
you're not going to go do it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you don't want that job. Yeah, you want strawberries and a fucking little nice plastic pint thing? Guess who fucking picks it? Probably a Mexican person yeah. or an Asian person or some other immigrant that came to this country because there's no food in their own country. Like, that's where we are. I know. And if this election doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go, if things don't start changing in big ways, like, we're really not kidding. It's terrifying right now. Mm-hmm. This is not a fucking, like, joke. This is not... We're headed toward oblivion. That's what I have to say to you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, and I will say um, we've developed some practices around our household. Of, like what? Uh, going to our local butcher rather than big box Ooh. for um, meat. Do you know where they get their meat from? We do, yeah, because we asked. We actually asked him. Um, Is this chicken organic? I don't know. Was it free range? Yes. What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we found out from our butcher kind of the, the three or four farms that they get all of their meat from. Sure. So it's like an interesting, like next time you go to your butcher, um, hopefully you have one. I know a lot of people probably just don't even have that option. They have to go to their local, you know, supermarket. Sure. But if you do have a butcher, you know, ask them, hey, wh- where does this meat come from? And yeah. they'll, they know. If, it, if they're a good butcher, they'll know. Yeah, for sure. So um, I encourage people to use farmer's markets, to use butchers yeah. uh, to get some of your food because then you actually know the people that are manufacturing it and you can kind of make sure that they're doing it in the right way. 1,000%. But I think that will end our horror in real life segment. Yeah. I hope you're not eating anything right now. <laughs> yeah. I hope that... Everyone's putting down their breakfast everyone's burritos. Like, well, well lunch, lunch is ruined. Thanks, yeah. Maddie. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Andrew. Awesome. Oh. Hope, hope you enjoy your dinner, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. We will take a break and we'll be right back with What You've Been Watching. Bitch. What You've Been Watching, you hungry bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back, everybody. Your favorite podcast still going. We're still going on, baby, to number two, our second segment of this episode. It's called What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. That's what it's called. That was a lot of energy that I just had. <laughs> yes. Um, which, I'll be frank, this is a lot of energy for somebody who was very hungover today. <laughs> and as Michael said when I got to our studio, if you're not hungover in 2020, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so let's go on. This is where we talk about what we've been watching, you bitch, you hungry bitch. And Andrew's going to start it off by telling us one thing that he's been watching. Yes, I will start uh, with my one non-horror. This, oh, this... That's not allowed. Get out of here. You're actually fired from the podcast. <laughs> but it's got a sci-fi angle. Oh, so. fine. Sure. Um, this is the Hulu original movie, Palm Springs. I still have not watched it yet, and I cannot wait to watch it. I'm so excited. It is uh, Andy, Andy Samberg-driven, uh, and it's kind of a... Um, Groundhog's Day comedy sci-fi romance. In Palm Springs. In Palm Springs. Uh, But I should say, if you are looking into this for, like, the city of Palm Springs, it's not going to be what it is. Yeah, It kind of just takes place at a resort where they're having a wedding. Yeah. Um, And he gets stuck in a loop. And he accidentally brings another girl from the wedding party, Mm -hmm. um, the sister of the bride. Sure. Accidentally brings her into the loop yeah and then they're kind of stuck in this loop and it just keeps happening i mean that's not a surprise as we remember when we left palm well when i left palm springs i was so high and so drunk (laughs) that i thought i lost my luggage woke up on an airplane didn't really know how i got on there 
Um, so I get it. Palm Springs does these things to you, <laughs> no matter where you are. So a time loop is not a surprise to me. It was funny, though, um, in watching this, um, when you see what happens throughout the day, and then you think about it, and it, it, it kind of does touch on this a little bit in the movie, without, and this is non-spoiler, but like I was thinking about it, and I was like, would this be so bad if you just... Yeah. You could do something different every day. It's just sure. the same series of events and you don't have to pay bills. I wouldn't be and you that don't have to go mad to work about it, to be honest. And <laughs> like, like honestly, it's kind of what we're doing right now. I know. Only just in really fucking shitty circumstances. I know. So if I could be in Palm Springs and not here every day, fine. But I, think I it would work. If you have a Hulu subscription, I think it's the only way to watch it. Yeah. But um definitely recommend. It's it's really funny. Yeah. It's got some nice like sci-fi things to it. That's going to be my Sunday evening watch. Yeah, it was really good. It's a, it's a perfect movie for a Sunday evening sounds, to like just like wind down. Yeah, cuz that's that's what I need before yeah. I go into my own time loop the next day. Yeah. Um my first one that I watched uh in the past week was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, we've been meaning to watch this. I Loved this movie so much. It was honestly, it, it's a it's a genius film. It, there, it, it is so fucking clever. The kid that plays Jojo, the main character, of course, is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, like absolutely out of this world. So good. Why that kid didn't win Best Actor last year in the Oscars, I can't fucking tell you. Because he was fucking brilliant. It's not surprising from the creator of oh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, and and Waika Taititi, uh, Taika... What, what Taika Waititi. Name? Taika Waititi. That's his name. Waika. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Taika Waititi is great in the movie as Adolf Hitler. Like, who would have thought? He's he's so funny, but also it's not as funny as you think. Yeah, it's a really poignant movie. It's sad. I've heard that um, this is the performance Scarlett Johansson should have should have gotten nominated for, not her other one that she did get. Nominated I would one thousand percent agree. And Scarlett Johansson was really good in this. Good, she was fantastic. I'm gonna uh, watch uh, it. I, I will be perfectly frank. Um, I got a little Nazi'd out. Yeah, um, but this is honestly so different. It's yeah, so it just different. I watched like four different things that turned out to be Nazi yeah. related, and yeah. I was just like, Andrew I hates need a Nazis. He hates Nazis <laughs> over here. But let me tell you, it was it's so worth it. The soundtrack is also glorious. I'm excited to watch it, um, and it's a bit of magical realism. And the other thing I'll say about it too, which was really interesting, was actually watching it. Um, it did make me really go. It's really almost hard to believe that World War II ever happened. Mm -hmm. Like you, you see some actually pretty terrible stuff happening on screen and it was really weird to think about for me. It just like hit my brain. I was like, God, I I can't believe any of this ever occurred in human history. It's just so fucked up. That's like, um, I had that same experience when we watched um, The Good Liar. Yeah, sure. Uh, Because there's a part where they go, you know, back in time to right after the war. Yeah. And they're in, I, I, I want to say Berlin, but maybe yeah, it was right, right. was it in Berlin? It, it was Berlin, yeah. and it's just like devastated. Yeah, completely. Like there's no buildings. Right. Like they had to rebuild everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's but just crazy. But let me tell you, Jojo Rabbit. If you've got HBO, it's on HBO right now, so you can watch it there. Fantastic movie. Watch it right away. Cool. I'm going to. I want. I want to watch it. Um, my second one is also a Hulu original. <gasps> this is part of the um, Into the Dark series yes. from Bloomhouse. Yeah. Um, it's called Good Boy. Uh, good boy has uh, a pretty. It's about a dog. It's actually a pretty good cast. It's Judy Greer, Steve Gutenberg. Oh wow! Like, it, and that's not really common for these movies. A lot of these movies are kind of like 
maybe kind of stars. Well, but, low budget. Yeah. yeah sure. Um, this is about a woman who is encroaching um, a time in her life, uh, early 40s, and she goes to kind of see if she can preserve her eggs, and she yeah. doesn't really have any good ones left and so she's facing that reality of well i'm not gonna have kids hmm. so she goes to the local pet shelter and adopts a dog oh boy um and little does she know this dog is so loyal that if anybody crosses her he will go after them that sounds like a great idea and it's actually honestly i I've... i mean is this a horror film or yeah, is this like, yeah, yeah. Is this it's like a horror comedy or is this like a thing that actually like makes me want that in real life. Well, if what when I don't want to spoil it, but what you see the dog turn into is like kind of like a more of a creature oh, than like a dog. Damn. It's not it's no man's best friend, let me tell you. What a film <laughs> that was. You can go back and watch that one with us. Um, but I was surprised because um, these Into the Dark films, they're kind of like very hit or miss. Yeah. Like some of them are just stupid. And then some of them like, oh, that was kind of good. Sure. Um, this one was kind of in the pocket of like, oh, it's kind of good. Yeah, so well, that's good. If awesome. you're looking for a horror comedy with Judy Greer, who I think is wildly um, underrated. Judy Greer. I, I, I watched Judy Greer play the second fiddle to a lot of very famous actresses yeah. for years. So it was good to see her in a leading role. Good for you, Judy. We're cheering for you. My next one is Hannibal. I finally started watching it. Yay. It took me forever. Um, I'm only through season one and the first episode of season two. Really love it. It's, it's a great fucking show. Wait until you get to the end of season two. Oh, it is I, so good. I have things that I'm hoping happen. Um, love Hugh Dancy. Love Mads Mikkelsen. Um, love Lawrence Fishburne. I love really everybody in this show. It's a show. great cast. It is a great cast. Gillian Anderson pops up at one point. I mean, there's this people. Uh, Eddie Izzard is in it. Like, there's people all over the fucking place. If you are into Sense of the Lambs and the whole universe around that, which I am, yeah. you're going to love it. It's it's really fantastic. It is so well done. It's I have perfect. had a blast watching it. Um, so yeah, watch Hannibal. It's on Netflix. There you go. It was so good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I, I, why I waited this long to watch it, I honestly I felt, don't know. I mean, if you listen to the last episode, I felt the exact same Yeah, way, it's, just, so. it's fucking weird. Um, my last one is on Hulu, I think. God, you've had, you've had a Hulu <laughs> I know, I don't week. know why. Jesus. Um, um, it's called The Wretched. I've heard about this. Uh, the Wretched is about this boy who is going to visit his father. Yeah. Um, and by, by boy, I say like, young man a boy because he's, like, he's like 17 18 um he, and he goes to it's kind of like um it actually takes place kind of where i'm from really in like sutton's bay michigan which huh. is like upper michigan which is not rural rural but it's rural enough it's like a resort type town yeah sure um so in the summer it's busy but in the winter like nobody li- in the really winter, lives there. It's sleepy perfect for murder um but he basically goes up there to visit his father um they live uh it's kind of one of those neighborhoods where you have two houses that are very close to each other and then no one else around them yeah of course so it's kind of like uh examining the neighbors there's maybe something in the woods i don't want to give anything away yeah, 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 because sure. i highly highly recommend this movie I went into it blind. I did not watch the trailer. I did yeah. not do anything. I just watched the movie. And this, honestly, for the first time probably in in COVID where we're, we're blindly watching these movies that maybe would have been in yeah. the theater, um, this one surprised me. I, I was like very entertained and I really liked it. And I, I hope that whoever was behind this film continues to go on and do more stuff. The Wretched on Hulu. Watch it today. Yeah. Um, so my final one, uh, I didn't actually have one picked out okay. when we came into this and I really thought about that and it's because I have been so stressed out for the last two weeks and like, I've really also been mo- watching just mostly Hannibal. And which, it's honestly, I, it's hard to keep track sometimes. It's hard to keep track. And you know, the episodes for Hannibal are, they're not short, you know what I mean? 
But like every the past two weeks have been so stressful. You know what I've been watching a lot of? You know what this bitch has been watching? The right. news. Oh, watching yeah. the news. Yeah. Because you know, like I said before, in Chicago we had we had really bad riots downtown, a lot of looting um, that that got pretty ugly. Um, we had a terrible storm that I mean, really, for for Chicago, you guys got to understand. Like, this is a it's a city. We don't get tornadoes in Chicago, literally ever. The worst weather we get is blizzards. Yeah, which you know we and we expect that. But a tornado went through Rogers Park and and into Lake Michigan. So like, that's some like it's just been a bit apocalyptic here. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a news hound anyway. And so I've been watching the news and actually. What I do want to encourage you to do is watch the news. And mm-hmm. I know that everyone in your life right now is telling you, you got to take care of yourself. You got to turn the news off. Let me tell you actually what. You don't. Like, there's a lot of important shit going on right now. The, the future of your life is truly in fucking peril if you're not watching the news at least a little bit. Check in. Read something. Figure out what the fuck is going on. If you're avoiding it, you are doing yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones a disservice. You've got to stay informed right now. So watch the news, <laughs> <Okay>. bitch. <laughs> can I give um, this kind of out of left field, but yeah. can I give like a recommendation of a podcast that I've been listening to? <sighs> no, you can't. You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> um, Wait, I, that depends. Are they Patreons of us? No, no. Well, then you can't. <laughs> um, no, I was just, I, I found these really interesting and I, I've made it through, I, I have one episode left of the second one. But, yeah, give it. Um, there's this company called Q Code. I don't think I've heard of that. Um, and they have like four or five podcasts out there right now, but they're like... This is like a, a network of podcasts? Yeah, uh, it's a network that produces audio dramas. Okay, gotcha. Um, so they have, I think... Oh, you told me about yeah, one of these. they have like these. four That's or five. Right. Um, but these are like actual actors, like actors you know. Like, um, do you know Tessa Thompson from Westworld? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and do you know Cole Sprouse from Riverdale? You know I love Cole Sprouse. So I listen to... Right now, I've listened to all of Baraska. Baraska? Baraska? Yeah. Baraska. Baraska, okay. Um, which is an audio drama based on a creepypasta, and it was really well done. I'm glad you said this, because I forgot about it when you first told me, and now I'm going to listen to it this weekend. And then I moved on to another one called uh, The Left-Right Game. Now, look, folks, will you listen to Andrew Huff right now? This is a podcaster out there listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. He is out there supporting our art, baby. Yes. Um, uh, the left-right game. I'm. I have one episode left, and I'm. I can't. Is it wait. about politics? No, it's about um, this game. Um, I, I can. I can assume it's based on a, another creepy pasta. But yep. you basically drive down the road, and you take a left, and then the next you take a right, and then the next you take a left, and then the next you take a right, and after a certain amount of turns, uh, a tunnel opens. What? And it takes you to like this place. You know what, baby. I'm doing that tomorrow. It's, I'm going to go do those left and rights, and I'm going to get that tunnel <laughs> go somewhere that else. gets me out of Chicago in quarantine, baby. I'm going. But it's all about this group of um, YouTube people, um, and this is who they play in the story. Um, that actually sounds really like a very interesting story. Yeah, and like paranormal huh. investigators, and they all are like, okay, we're finishing this shit because nobody's ever finished it. Wow. So 
I, I really right. like it, and I'm going to continue to go on. There's another one on there called Dirty Diana. Is, that, this, is this everywhere you can listen to the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dirty Diana that has Demi Moore as one of the stars. Wow. So I'm just like, well, I don't know what this Q code company is. It should is, be called but... Dirty Demi Diana. And honestly, Dirty Diana Demi. The fact that it took me this long to figure out that Q code was a thing, they're not doing a very good job of advertising. So if they want me to come on as their marketing <sighs> consultant, I will happily do so. Only for, oh, but only if they're paying you and yeah. only if they become Patreons to us, Q code. Did you hear that? Yeah. So. Fuck you. Anyway, sorry, that was a little bit of a rant, but it's really it's been fulfilling my um, time this week yeah. and really been giving me something different. We've to certainly to, got so. enough of it. So. And friends, guess what? That brings what you've been watching, bitch, to an end, you hungry bitch. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break here. Andrew's going to go get another martini. He's going to get his feet rubbed, going to get his nails done. Oh, I am? Wow. And he's gonna, I'm going to get my no hair idea. done. I'm going to put on a robe and just like... You know, live that have luxurious a, have a life. cigar, have some luxury, and then we're gonna come back and talk to you about the crazy fucking film called Motel Hell. You may never again spend a night away from home after you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. terrifying nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Vincent, you think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I have a surprise for you. Oh, goody, I love surprises. One after another, they come. They can check out. And we are back to talk to you all about horror in the media. This time we are bringing you two food-related horrors. The first one is Motel Hell. Maddie, why don't you tell me a little bit about Motel Hell and some of its... Oh, some of its... Some of its... I know what you're saying. It's some okay. of its notable cast. His tongue wasn't working over there. His feisty tongue. <laughs> um, Motel Hell. It takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. Vincent Smith and his sister Ida run a rural motel, but they earn most of their cash operating a food stand that specializes in world-famous sausages. After years of success, however, the duo's upstanding brother, Sheriff Bruce, eventually discovers the grotesque details of his siblings' booming business. Vincent and Ida are actually plumping up their hotel patrons, Killing and dismembering them, then grinding them into Frankfurters. Motel Hell was directed by Kevin Connor, written by Robert Jaffe and Stephen Charles Jaffe. Vincent Smith was played by the inimitable Rory Calhoun. Bruce Smith played by the awful Paul Linky. Ida Smith played by the really very strange Nancy Parsons. Terry was played by Nina Axelrod, no relation to David. Reverend Billy was played by the one and only Wolfman Jack. And Edith Olsen was played by Elaine Joyce. Rated R, 101 minutes, uh, of course released in the United States. 
States, filmed in Moore Park, California, released on October 24th, 1980, with a budget of $3 million and a surprising worldwide gross of about $6.3 million. Um, which is honestly more than I thought it would have made. So that's neat. Mm -hmm. um, Motel Hell, there's vacancy. Come on in. We're renting rooms. Um, actually, surprise, it's actually called Motel Hello, but the <laughs> O is out of the neon. The neon on the O went out, so it's just called Motel Hell. Anyways, Andrew, this is a, this is a very weird movie. Yeah, it is. Um, which is not a surprise for the movies that we talk about on this show. Tell me... Tell me what you what you got about Motel Hell. Are you are you coming back to stay again? <laughs> um, this was a second time watch. I had watched this once before, uh -huh. uh, but so long ago I really didn't remember much about it. Uh, Motel Hell. I actually have a lot of fun with this movie. There's some scenes that I want to talk about later on that I think are just bonkers and crazy and funny. Really, and, there's crazy scenes yeah. in this movie? Um, but overall, I think that it's kind of um, probably inspired by the wake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and those yeah. type oh, of movies. Oh, for sure. Um, it's got some cannibalism. It's got some fun stuff. Uh, it's got a drive-in movie, which is fun yeah. for these days that we have to go to drive-in movies now. Um, I have I have fun with this. I think the performances are doodly over the top, of course, because <laughs> that's just like what they need to be for this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, I, I think it does move just a, a tad bit too slow. I think if you maybe take out one of the abduction scenes, you could probably have a tighter movie. Um, yeah specifically the fake cow scene because i was like when they pull up i was like girl and i don't know if this is just yeah. a product of hd or like whatever because I, I they I look got, awful like they're clearly just like and like cow like just, not cows yeah, just to remind you people we said 101 minutes that's almost two hours yeah. of motel hell like I, I i put it on and i you know tap my apple tv remote to see how long it was and i was like oh, oh no fucking <laughs> goddamn like this is gonna be a long and i'm like Guess I got up my laptop and you know look up now and then that kind of thing. It's a long movie. Yeah, it's, it's just too long. Yeah, but I think once it gets into it though, it's got like some good stuff in it. Um, I you know I think it's funny that we have the um, that he buries them to like plant them. Um, and yeah. he cuts the. I, and I guess when you cut your vocal cords, that turns you into like a zombie. Wow. Yeah. So so the the gist is this, folks. Uh, if you've never seen it before, he he like abducts people him and his sister from various different which it sources. took me a very long time to figure out what their relationship was because me they don't too. say anything don't i was like anything. is it his wife his daughter yeah his sister it seems <laughs> like wife um but he gets these people and they're just basically fattening them up to like like the description said make them into sausage yeah so he, so his secret sauce is that yeah. he mixes humans with pigs exactly right which this was the weird thing to me so he's famous for his beef jerky there's literally no cows on this farm. In a cow in sight, it's my a friend. It's a pig farm. It's just all pigs in there. Um, but people don't... Pigs and chickens. What, I mean, the, the FDA didn't clear it. You know what I mean? Um, but he gets them. And when he gets them, like Andrew said, he, for some reason, plants them in the ground. We don't really know why. Feeds them through a snorkel. Um, and he slits their throat, which is cutting their vocal folds, which is actually not how it works. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll believe it for the movie. Like Andrew said, they the only sound that the humans can then make is like a gurgling sound. It sounds kind of like, blah, 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 <laughs> which is apparently how zombies sound for the Jaffies who wrote this movie. Um, and it's um, 
Does it make any sense, really? But that's okay. Does yeah. it have to make sense? <laughs> they're in the ground. They wear bags on their head, which I think is kind of comical when it's, they're like moving yeah. around. And like, there's there's also one part because I mean, eventually he has to like kill his you know animals, right? Because they're now they're they're his animals. There's this one part where he brings out this like contraption that he has apparently built, which is like a hypnotizing yeah. machine. <laughs> yes, and he's doing the hypnosis on them, and you're just sitting there watching it going. You didn't actually have to build this. <laughs> you you actually could just. Ki- I mean, I'm not a murderer, but I'm I'm guessing you could just kill them. He's trying to make it like a humane process. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you could also just like give them a drug, like for example, the mask that you put on when you put them to sleep. I, I don't know. It's it, it's a lot, but yeah. <laughs> it's 1980. Listen, you could go on all day long talking about the ins and outs of how things work in this movie, and it's not going to get you anywhere. So you're either going to have fun with it. Or you're not. I will say it was funny. So at the very beginning of the movie, there is a motorcycle with a sidecar that, um, well, basically what he does is if it's not a hotel guest, he sets up traps on the road front yeah. uh, and they go off the road and he kind of gets his victims that way. Yeah. Um, I will say all of the crashes and everything were all like really well done, to yeah, be honest. Sure. Um, yeah. Everyone looked like they were actually like, I was like, did you have stunt coordinators on this? Or did <laughs> you just go off the road? Probably it, not. It kind of reminded me of when we watched um, Butcher Baker, yeah, Nightmare, Nightmare Maker. Maker yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought those, it, it was just funny because at the very beginning, um, uh, a motorcycle with a sidecar goes off the road. The one guy you assume is dead, yeah. but his girlfriend uh, slash wife slash or, whatever, or fiance, somebody who knows, yeah. um, is still alive. And that compels this other part of the movie that you don't expect is that they're like religious zealots yeah, and that they only watch like the religious channel, their local religious channel. Who is Wolfman Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he takes it upon himself to bring this woman kind of back to health yeah uh this is to the um chagrin chagrin of the sister who is basically throughout the entire movie trying to murder this woman in various ways um it's just i just i just find this movie the the best one is when she takes a razor blade to her inner tube and she's like time to go tubing You ever been tubing, honey? But at the beginning of the movie, when they abduct this guy and um, keep the woman, they basically... So the cop comes along, and this led me to believe that he was in on it, but by the end of the movie, you find out he's not in on it. Not at all. Is that he just buried the guy. Yeah. Like, the cop is just like, oh, okay, I guess in this jurisdiction, it's fine if you just... A guy dies and you bury him without reporting it to the police or the hospital. you had enough on your hands. (laughs) Um... Uh, and I did point out that it was only two ninety five for that sampler meat platter, and I was like, "Wow, that's a really good deal." I mean, yeah, that's, that's a that's a dollar four less than I spent to rent the movie. Um, and oh, you rented it was free for me on what? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I had to rent it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. That's what we do. But become a Patreon today. Become a Patreon today, folks. <laughs> it is not free to produce podcasts. Um, so uh, he buries the guy and then they go, they proceed throughout the movie to have picnics at his grave. Yes. To, like, I guess mourn him. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that really, I mean, just to say it again, like there's a lot, you just, you're just, you just have to like go, go along with, it. with yeah. and that's just kind of how it is. I do love at the beginning of the movie, there, there are two twins that are kind of like, uh, rambunctiously checking yeah. out of the uh, motel yeah. with their parents and they decide to go um, who are dressed in similar ways to the shining yeah, yeah, yeah. also just in a uh, different color there's a lot of homages in this movie oh, yeah, for sure yeah. uh, but they go to check out the slaughterhouse and the sister scares them and they're literally I don't know how they got these little girls to be so scared but they're like literally like 
terrified hysterics yeah and i love how he was like oh i'll calm him down for you and then he just goes yeah and he scares him more (laughs) and and then they shut up but i just thought that that was hilarious um let me see oh and then they just make the decision for the girl like they're like oh yeah instead of going to a hospital or a hotel or back home or anywhere else just stay here. It'll be fine. Well, and then they fall in love. And then she falls in love with Vincent. And like, if you haven't seen this film, Vincent is pretty ancient, man. Yes. Like, he's like, he's like literally your grandfather. So like, she falls in love with him. And like, of course, you know, 80, a film from 1980, like there's going to be boobs all over this damn thing. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's a penis, too. I guess I missed the penis. Where was it? It's when the cop and her go to set up for the drive-in and oh. he makes everyone scatter yeah because it's like make out corner yeah you know i, I might have uh might have been looking at my laptop things i was like oh okay another, yeah another 40 minutes there's like a couple that's like fleeing okay and they get out of their back seat and you kind of both dick wagon i honestly think it's a product of hd like it yeah you probably couldn't it was see probably it. too dark before yeah exactly yeah, absolutely so um but yeah they fall in love and <laughs> it's awkward it's real awkward and and she like you know, grabs Farmer Vincent's hand and like tries to like make him do the sexy things, and he's like, "No, we should be married first. Keep in mind, she's only been there for like five days. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what kind of spell has he put over her? Um, but it's yeah. Um, I love when um, bless the, bless them when they are at the picnic and um, what, who's the main? Who's the woman? Which one? His sister, Ida, Ida, right? Ida. Ida is gotten a little tipsy and she's like, you want to know what his secret is? And then he just like straight up sacks her in the stomach. Yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And everyone's like, oh, well, I guess we can't know now. And then we find out that um, kind of how this came to be was that early on in their lives, their grandma basically said, ah, that dog's been giving me trouble. Go shut it up. And so Vincent goes and kills it. And then they eat it. Wow. And the one woman who is there with them, Terry, right? Terry? Yeah, Terry. Um, she's horrified by this idea, but all of them are like, ha, 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 yeah, it tastes kind of like sheep or lamb or something like that. And then they, they say, meat's meat and a man's got to eat. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I would love to, to talk to um, to both Robert Jaffe and Stephen Charles Jaffe, who I assume are brothers. Um, and I would love to know, why did you write this movie? <laughs> why why did you write it? Um, and it's probably just one of those like fun exercises that maybe turned into a, eh, maybe we can produce it. Let's see. Because um, I think that this was actually, this was set to Universal Studios first. Sure. And then it got picked up by, what, UA? United Artists, I think? I think that was the label that I saw yeah, when I'm we went sure. into this. Um, so, I mean, there there was, I think, a bit of a plan to get this a little bit of a bigger production well if you think about the ending and you think about the ending um, is, the ending is so ridiculous and you think about vincent's um injury yeah could, you could clearly see that like maybe he could come back from that yeah sure so maybe, so maybe a part two yeah um and let's talk about the end let's talk about that fight between first of all i want i wanted to do two i want to talk about two more things right and then we can go sure, right to the yeah. end i think it's uh the part the part where the two girls are stopped by the fake cows the fake okay the fake cows folks you got to understand they're they cardboard look, cutouts they look like it, like you think about like the pageant at like your little baptist church that's what these cows look like these girls stop for these cows that are 1000% clearly fake and they're like is that a cow? 
And then, like, they get out because they're like, oh, this must be a joke. So one gets out because the other one is afraid that she's going to have to get body worked on her car. I'm like, girl, they are cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> just just drive. Like, I'm not getting out of my car for shit. I want to drive through that fake cow. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's a line for you. Um, I just thought it was hilarious when, so the one girl gets abducted immediately. She gets the gas, but yeah. the other girl like drives away. And it's so funny because she's on the CB radio <laughs> and she gets in touch with the cop, which I will give these girls some credit. Yeah. They got a CB radio and a gun. Right. So, you know, good for them. Uh, but she's on the CB radio and she's like, help me, help me. I'm on route six, blah, 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 blah. And the cop is just like, well, I have it written down. What are you saying? Speak English. Oh my <laughs> and I was like, God. she is. <laughs> you know, Deus Ex Machina. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do to make this movie just keep on flying. And then just the chef's kiss of this movie Ugh. for me is the couple that come to the the hotel expecting some sort of like, like swingers, like sex dominatrix, crazy thing. And there is a scene where she is just whipping the shit out of everything. Like, it was, like Indiana Jones. You know that that director told her. Go just, crazy. Listen, I'm going to film you. You just do whatever you want. Here's a whip. I want you to literally whip everything. I, I, was, I literally was laughing out oh, loud. Oh, me too. I, I thought was it was like, hilarious. I can't even believe what I'm watching right now. And I love how at the end... She like lands on the bed and she like smiles at the camera, like did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. So the way that they get them is that they basically act like, oh, we're well, going to tie you up. Well, and, like, even before that, then her husband co- or whoever he is comes out of the bathroom. In like a plastic dress. In like, <laughs> it's like a teddy, but then also like the, I don't know what they're called. Like it's like, it's a bunch of negligee basically. Yeah. And then also like an orange tank top <laughs> and a plastic <laughs> dress all of it, which literally makes no sense. <laughs> and it's almost like the Jaffies were like, okay, what is the craziest sex shit that we know about, which we don't know much? It's very clear. How about we just have them mention it? So they're talking about bestiality. They're talking about... Yeah, everything. Every, like, every, it's like it's it's so much everything that you're like, you probably never even get bit, like, been laid before. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I wasn't sure. What? Um, is, is there what, such, Andrew? Is there such thing as a your... your Eurecastic church. Oh yeah, yeah. So the way that it's written is, um, there, the, the 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 word that they were trying to use was a Eucharistic church. Okay. And so their spelling like that on the church is going to be like mimicking the Greek. So like like um, in that case of what's what's the word? Um, you, it's well, just Eucharist is actually a Greek word, really. Okay. Um, I can't think of the the original Greek, but like it's it's a riff off of that. Gotcha. If you were to see a church like that with like sort of like ecclesia type type writing, that is a good indication that it is probably some sort of like in the Pentecostal range. Okay. So more like speaking tongues, very evangelical, um, very right wing, generally very conservative in what they would believe about the Bible and about like that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I just I saw that on the church and I was like, is I that did real? too. Yeah. No. Good um, eye. Yeah. Some things that I noticed. She puts ketchup on her chicken. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not. And hey, you know what? I get it. Ida, like you know what? I love me a chicken finger, and every now and then, if I got ketchup on the plate for my fries i'm gonna dip it in that too um and i did like that they were very heavy users of hand sanitizer in this movie yeah. that's nice yes. 
I mean, it's just, it's it's such a wacky movie. It is, and and the ending is also wacky. Yeah, the, the end fight yeah. is a fight between you know the the cop, whatever his name Bruce. is, Bruce, and um and Vincent, and Vincent has a giant pig head on, on his, head. his head. It's just a giant fucking pig head. And He's hysterically laughing becomes, for five minutes. Yeah, and it becomes a chainsaw fight, which um, you actually can't do because <laughs> if you if you hitch up like the chain and the chainsaw, the chainsaw stops working. Yeah. So like it's like the sword fight with chainsaws, precisely. And um, it's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And eventually Bruce, you know, in in the meantime, takes a chainsaw to the gut. Well, in the meantime, um what we see happening is that uh <laughs> the Bo, damsel in distress. Bo, right? Is her is her friend is her boyfriend? Uh, Terry's boyfriend? Honestly, I can't remember. He wiggles himself out of his grave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yes. then yeah, yeah. digs up all the other people yeah. and they go to take out their wrath and, on Ida. And now they are basically zombies i know like, they it, even it, like move like yeah zombies. i mean it, it turns into like you know day of the fucking dead and they're like walking to go take their revenge basically and they take ida and bury her head first so mm-hmm. she's now in the ground. Uh, the tables have turned ida and then, like you said vincent gets a chainsaw <laughs> to the gut and apparently dies as he utters the phrase take care of my animals no <laughs> isn't that what he said no he's like I regret one thing. Yes, that's right. Oh my god, I this. I used preservatives. <laughs> Which I thought was so good. Oh my god. Um what what the, the, what, fact, what that, are... the fact that our audience picked this yeah. movie over Soylent Green is showing Busty, but hey, I got some news for you fuckers, and I told Andrew this too. We're <laughs> doing Soylent Green in the future because I love that movie. Um but also the one funny part too from that end fight scene is when Bruce like <laughs> Bruce has to go save Terry because she's on this contraption conveyor belt that's going to slice her up. Um, anyways, he doesn't like run into the room. He glides into the room <laughs> yes. off of a meat hook and it's like Indiana Jones action and he gets her off and unties her and he saves the, the day. day. And he eventually gets the woman that he's been trying to rape all movie to love him. Yeah, by the way, there's also <laughs> rape going on. Um, Andrew... Do you have anything else you'd like to say about Motel Hell before you give it a rating? I don't think so. I think we've covered this one pretty well. I would rate give... me, rate me, rate me, rate me. Uh, Maddie, what do we judge? We judge. Well, so this is what we do. There's the rainbow flag. Yeah, it's got seven stripes. Yeah, and we give it a seven stripe rating. So one is awful. Seven is wow, the best thing ever. Yeah. So I'd give Motel Hell a three point five. I'm gonna be right there with you. I had fun with it. Am I going to watch it a lot? No. Am I going to watch it again, if I'm being honest? No. Um, but is it is it stupid? And should you watch it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Wait. Oh, I forgot one thing. Duh. I did want to mention just a little bit about Rory Calhoun. Okay. Because his history is actually really interesting. And who does he play in the movie? He, he plays uh, Farmer Vincent. Okay. So, first of all, his real name is Francis Timothy McCown. He had a pretty troubled childhood. He stole a gun at 13 years old, huh? went to reform school, which he escaped. Huh? He um, left home at 17 and ran away um, <laughs> because he was escaping his abusive father, oh who was God. a professional gambler from Ireland. Um, he robbed several jewelry stores after oh, he no. did that, stole a car, drove it across state lines, and then was captured, tried, and served three years in prison in Missouri. 
and was released on parole just before his 21st birthday. And it was after that that he like happened to meet all these like actors and got into the movie business. Huh. So there you go, Rory It's Calhoun. never too late to turn it all around, folks. It's not. And the other thing, too, that um, I, I always try to remember is what did Ebert say about it? He gave it three stars. What did um, they judge theirs on, five? I, I think it was four stars, wasn't four? it? Oh, he gave us a three? No, it couldn't have been four. I don't remember. I can't fucking remember. Anyways, um, he actually... I thought it was thumbs up, thumbs down. He he didn't mind it. Um, He said, What what Motel Hell brings to the genre is the refreshing sound of laughter. This movie is disgusting, of course. It's impossible to satirize this material. I imagine without presenting the subject matter, you're satirizing. But Motel Hell is not nearly as gruesome as the films it satirizes. And it finds the right stylistic note for its central characters who are simple, cheerful, smiling, earnest... And resourceful cannibals, which I thought was pretty funny. Ah, resourceful cannibals. <laughs> yeah, right. And like that is the thing, because another thing about it is that this this was um, released in a bit more of a serious way than like the folks that did it really intended. Sure, it was supposed to come out as more of a satire, more of a joke, and it got released in a very serious manner. So, just something interesting to think about. Yeah. Now that's all I have to say. Okay. Well, we'll take another break and we'll come back with our final movie, The Stuff. I'm hungry. The stuff is here now. Great new day sensation. Light and free now. Okay, you elevation. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. Mm, the stuff. The taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff. Taste that delivers. Hope you're ready for some good stuff, because we're back with our final film called The Stuff. Andrew, take it away. The Stuff. Are you eating it, or is it eating you? A delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation. But the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. Uh, Directed by Larry Cohen, written by Larry Cohen, uh, starring uh, Michael Moriarty as Mo Rutherford, Andrea, I should have read Marco Vici. <laughs> Marco Vici as Nicole. Uh, Garrett Morris as Chocolate Chip Charlie. <laughs> we'll talk about him. <laughs> Paul Sorvino as Colonel Spears. Scott Bloom as Jason. And Danny Aiello as Vickers. Rated R comes in at a slick 87 minutes. Yes. And <laughs> was mostly located in uh, New Paltz, New York. Release date of June 14th, 1985. A budget of $1.7 million. Cumulative gross. No fucking clue. So, <laughs> Maddie. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience with the stuff? Oh man, I love the stuff. Um, I first watched the stuff uh, way back when um, at my at my old job um, in our old building. So this is a long time ago. Um, we used to go to the library that we had there because it was a graduate school. Sure. And there was all these like old VHS tapes, and we would like me and a couple of my friends that that I worked with would watch movies at lunch, and one of them was the stuff. And we watched it, and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen because <laughs> it is. It's and it and just ridiculous. And that is exactly what this film is. It is, it is ridiculous. It's an absolutely ridiculous horror movie. 
and it's stupid and fun and it's it's great i i love the stuff i love the stuff give me some more of the stuff i gotta have more of the stuff enough is never enough enough is never enough of the stuff i need more of the stuff no i think it's great also there are some really great people in this um primarily paul sorvino as a wackadoodle fucking ex-military who runs his own (laughs) militia militia thing and Danny Aiello, rest in peace. Love Danny Aiello. He died earlier this year. Um, who played Johnny Camareri in Moonstruck, amongst many other roles. He was also in Jacob's Ladder, lest we forget. Um, great actor and um, absolutely terrible in this. Absolutely <laughs> awful. So bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great movie. Lots of fun. Very ridiculous idea i can't remember the name of the woman who sings the song about the stuff well they probably heard it in the in the in the in between right right <laughs> but damn it even the song is great I so know. that's the stuff i love it seven um, stripes right away <laughs> uh i really like um the stuff i have fun with it it is an infectious movie like yeah. you kind of because it starts right away yeah like, it does the, I literally was like, wait, did we accidentally like did we accidentally skip forward? Because like it's literally the opening is just like a guy an walking old, up an old man walking up to a, a construction area and he's just like, Oh, what's this? And it's bubbling out of the ground and he literally just eats it because that's what you do. Yeah, he just he just sticks two fingers in it and then puts the fingers in his mouth. He's like, <laughs> Oh, oh well that's good. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's and then they it, it's basically the movie is they're trying to take down big ice cream. Yeah, right. And um, they come up with the stuff. The They uh, give it to the FDA. The FDA gets addicted to it. Uh, they, bought, they buy a town, right? Yeah. To produce the stuff. They sure do. Um, and it's all about kind of corruption within consumerism. And the, everyone gets addicted to the stuff. And it's kind of a bacteria parasite basically it turns you into kind of like a uh a a zombie-esque but you're still human yeah you you never really learn all the way exactly it's kind of like body snatchers yeah yeah essentially yes yeah and it it basically turns the people into like hollow sort of beings and like the whole thing like do you eat it or is it eating you it's it's actually eating you yeah and congratulations it it goes through you and like hollows you out and then it moves on to a next target it's kind of like a mix between body snatchers and the blob yes um and I thought it was funny that uh our little Jason and with his family he is on a one boy adventure to take down the stuff cuz one night Jason gets up and I mean it, also like who gave this kid like blue eyes like Jesus I know. it is like and his brother and his brother it's insane um but he gets up cuz he's just he's just not feeling right and he goes down to the kitchen because he's got to get, you know, a snack, which is what everyone in the 80s did. They mm-hmm. had to get up in the middle of the night and get a snack and a glass of milk. And that's what he was doing. <laughs> so he opens up the fridge and the stuff is moving. And he is just transfixed because he cannot believe what he has seen. Mm-hmm. And so he knows something about the stuff that nobody else that does. nobody else seems to understand. And there's this scene of him going to the grocery store <laughs> and just going ape shit on everything with the stuff. I loved it. <laughs> the, the the best the best over the top part of that is when he is in the freezer section 
takes and, the broom and takes the broom to break the glass and i'm like you could have just opened the door yeah <laughs> you actually didn't have to break the glass it's just over the top um yeah there's there's a ton of fun in this movie um our main character uh mo which he delightfully has his own catchphrase uh the, you know what they say about me they they give me things and i only want mo you know you know why they call me mo don't you because i only want mo and his accent is very much just like. If we're going to talk about bad accents in oh, uh, yes. in uh, Cape Fear, oh yeah, like, let's talk I mean, about well, this guy. I mean, this is this is like Kevin Spacey's accent, <laughs> and you know, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. <laughs> um, it's it's a total Charleston accent. Um, it's 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 ridiculous. Oh yeah. And the lines between him and the main woman, who I can't think of her name right now, whatever her name was, I forget it. Blah, blah, blah. Her name is Nicole. Andrew Markovici. Um, like, the playful lines between them are ridiculous. It's it's, it's also, like, part buddy movie. It's, like, part buddy with him and Nicole, and then part buddy with him and Chocolate Chip Charlie! It is funny, though, because I never really... So, it seems like him and her yeah. just met... But then it's like they're married all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> they've been fucking for weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they and have their they have their own private access to these jets that just go everywhere around the United States to figure out the mystery just, of the it, stuff. It, it literally makes no sense. Chocolate Chip Charlie is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. King of it the ice like, cream. He is straight out of a black exploitation movie, like ready to come in and like bring Shaft to town. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like it is a lot. He's he's also hilarious. Also funny. Um, he was almost played by Arsenio Hall, if you can imagine that. I can see it. That would be that would be interesting. It would have been a little. Um, I don't know. It would have been a little. It would have been different. Yeah, like it would have been very different. But there you go. I do like at the beginning that some of my favorite parts in this movie are where they're like making like fake advertisements yeah. for this stuff like there's one part at the beginning where it's you know supposedly like a famous actress or model yeah. or something and she's like when i was a little girl i never thought i'd like anything more than ice cream but now i have the stuff but it turns out i do i'm like bitch the real answer to that is you always liked ice cream when you were a kid then you discovered sex when you were an adult <laughs> you know what i mean like that's 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 what's going on um and then they go down this kind of like there's so there's a series of benefits of the stuff. Yeah. So like it tastes you lose weight. It's like good. Yeah. It tastes great. Uh, <laughs> it's sweeter than ice cream, and for some reason you can use it as a dietary supplement. Perfect. So the 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 unfortunately uh, our little boy character his family uh, all eat the stuff and they kind of get infected. And there's a part in the movie where they're trying to get him to eat the stuff because yeah. that's all they're eating now. They're not eating any other food except for the stuff. And he doesn't want to eat it because he knows that it's bad. So what does he do? Not whipped cream, not ice cream, Barbasol. He puts, because his dad told him he had to go up to his room and, and not come back down until he eats all of the stuff. So I was like, pretty sure. Go up there, Jason, and eat that stuff. Pretty sure. Then you can be part of the family again. Pretty sure you cannot eat Barbasol. But. I, I don't think that you can. Not at that level, right? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, that, that, and that's the thing about the stuff is they become sort of zombies that want everyone to eat the stuff. Right. You can't get enough of the stuff. Even the dog wants stuff. When the dog kills Danny Aiello, and the dog is very angry because he doesn't have enough stuff to eat. Mm -hmm. So Danny Aiello dies while <laughs> saying, I'll buy more. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. I do like what they were like, Why did, can you send it to anybody in the government? Can you send it to Ralph Nader? <laughs> 
the, the nadir part was hilarious yeah. um I also like that one of the uh, one of like the store clerks was randomly Eric Bogosian. Who's that? He's actually like a really famous author. He wrote he's written a lot of plays, a lot of movies. Oh. He wrote Suburbia, the play. He wrote Talk Radio, the play. Um, he was the uh, the brother in law in Uncut Gems. What, was he the post office guy or the store? You know, guy? He, he was he was the store clerk okay. guy. Because the um, post office guy is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I just I did not know that Eric Bogosian was in this at all. But that was that was really funny. I like to how see they in the ephemera they call the fans of the stuff the stuffies. The stuffies. <laughs> Leave that um, to the stuffies. And I love it when they go to the diner too, and he's like, "Oh well, uh, I guess I'll have some pie, but I'm wondering if you have any of." The stuff. stuff. And everyone like <laughs> drops their fork and looks at him. And the, the waitress is like, oh, I wish we did. You can't get it anywhere. And I like when they go to um, tour, which essentially, if you've never seen the stuff, imagine Halloween 3, but just like a different product. But with ice cream. Yeah. It's like kind of the same thing. It's basically it. Also, by the way, we did discover what they were eating. The yeah, we did. It was like a, a mix of a couple things. Yogurt and ice cream. Yeah, basically. And when um, there, I mean, there are some parts where the stuff really comes to life, and um, especially one part in the hotel um, where it attacks this man uh-huh. um, and like puts him up against the wall and the ceiling. Yeah, and it's got some like reverse action. Yeah, it was, it was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that was which, uh, fire hydrant which, stuff. Who is that guy? He just appears in there. He's a stuffy. <laughs> He's a stuffy. But yeah, he he literally comes out of nowhere, angry as fuck. Yeah. For no reason. Right. And just starts attacking them. Um, I like when they go to tour the stuff factory and they're talking on the, I think they're on the plane at this point, but the one woman goes, oh no, they're in the limo going to the stuff factory. And she goes, I hope you don't mind. I brought my male secretary. <laughs> He's very creative. That was hilarious. I was like, oh, male secretary. you know what she meant. Yes. You know what she meant. Uh, I do like that they have a little commercial in there where the old grandma goes, where's the stuff? Instead of where's the beef? <laughs> where's the stuff? Um, I think it's crazy that uh, w- how to kill the stuff is to set it on fire. Yeah. But he literally sets his, she sets his face on fire. And like he's fine after. He's fine. <laughs> And also, like, I mean, the stuff was on his face for a good long while. Oh, I know. And he also came out unscathed. I also like to, a lot. Re- I like to refer to him as a one-punch Rutherford. Yeah, Because totally. he literally just goes around and just punch. He literally just punches or once like and they go down. Or, like, karate chops them on the back of the head. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, that doesn't knock somebody out. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's a very creamy movie. Very creamy movie. There are no, there is no match for the American boy. We never lost a war. Uh, what, what about, about Nam, sir? <laughs> what about Nam, sir? We lost that at home, Sonny. <laughs> Another of Paul Sorvino's brilliant lines. Yeah. No more your liberal remarks. Yeah, and you know, Paul Sorvino, it's just so funny to, to watch him in this and then think about him in Goodfellas as Pauly. Like, how, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so, it's so wacky. It's just wacky. It just is. So they eventually defeat the stuff yeah i guess kind of basically because it's, yeah. it's it comes out of the earth so yeah. it's not like it's a made product yeah so you can never really like defeat it right they're just not marketing it as yeah. like a edible thing anymore yeah i guess um i, I it's so funny because the end of this movie like is so like um it's so like serious like when <laughs> it is like when she gets in front of the camera and she's like i am appalled because she 
was one of the PR people for the stuff at the beginning. Yeah. She didn't know what it was capable of, but she gets in front of the camera and it's kind of like 2020 style. And she's yeah. like, I am appalled that I was a part of this and we now have defeated the stuff and we lost such and such this many Americans and blah, 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 blah. Don't eat the stuff. Yeah. And like, it's it's very earnest. And like, Well, I mean, I don't think that Larry Cohen, when he wrote it, was unearnest. It doesn't sound like he was. Like, I mean... He, he talks about, and I don't know where this came from, but he said his main inspiration was the consumerism and corporate greed found in our country and the damaging pro- products that were being sold. Hmm. I was constantly reading in the papers about various goods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. For example, you had foods being pulled off the market because they were hazardous to people's health. So, I mean, he was thinking about something rather serious when he wrote Hasn't this. Hasn't changed. <laughs> and, like, it, it almost makes you wonder, like, did he really write those funny parts to be funny? I know. Or, like, was he actually being... Or did we just give everyone ridiculous accents so yeah. it would be funny? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, it's really... I mean, we're never going to know, right? But um, there you are. And then at the end of the film, I have in my notes... Uh, well, we should say that there is a kind of turning point in the movie yeah. very body snatchers like part in the movie where they are trying to get out the radio signal to yeah. tell everybody don't eat the stuff right. it's bad for you and chocolate chip charlie shows up and you think that he's fine and then he gets them into Turns a sound out, booth no he is infected with the stuff he shouldn't have eaten the stuff i know chocolate chip charlie knew better he should have stuck to chocolate chip cookies which he loves and, and he sure <laughs> he sure asked the waitress, do you have any good chocolate chip cookies here? <laughs> of course they had to say that. Of course that had to happen. You know what I mean? Like, there it is. Um, but th- at the very end of the movie, they kind of have, like, this uh, dark ending, I guess, where they go to the headquarters of where the two VPs of stuff... And make them eat the stuff. And this they... <laughs> They basically are like, oh, no, no, no. We're not selling this stuff anymore. We have a new product. It's called The Taste. Oh my God. And they're like, it's got just a little bit of stuff in it. So it doesn't take over your brain. It's just like good for you. And people are like, oh, right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then they make them eat the stuff. But now eat it. I have in my notes uh, when our main character, Mo, walks in. I was like, ooh, doing his best Robert Stack impersonation because oh he's got that like long trench coat. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah. I thought that was funny. I mean, it's a. If you have never seen the stuff, you, you watch should, it. You should go watch the. It's stuff. got some good effects in it. It's got okay. Let me say this. It's got some good effects in the fight scenes, yeah, like sure. with like the bodies and stuff. Right. It's got some horrible green screen effects. Oh, without a doubt, it's so. awful. But you know, it's it's a fun movie. You're it's you gotta watch this one. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun one. What do you grade the stuff? Four. I'm going to go with you on this. I'm going to give it a four two. It's just above average. I have yeah. I have a little bit too much fun with it for it to be average. Yeah, but it's know, not. Like I, a gr- I got But you. it's not like a great movie. I think that's a smart rating, Andrew. Good job. Yes. So we will take our final break, and we will be right back with our featured game this episode: Queer Eye for the Horror Guy. <laughs>
And we are back for the final time this episode, episode 38. I hope you've been having some fun. La finale. We are going to play one of our favorite games, Queer Eye for the Horror Guy. And this is where basically we take the movies that we've just watched and we each make them a little more gayer. Yeah. So I will take Motel Hell this time if you yeah, don't mind. Sure. In Motel Hell, what I would do is I would make Ida a lesbian. And Why? then there is a love triangle between Terry, oh, Ida, and Vincent. Oh, shit. And instead of Bruce uh, uh, going after Terry for her love affections, it could be Ida. Oh, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it could be an interesting angle on it. Um, for the stuff, uh, we were just thinking, folks, that if you ate the stuff, what if it actually just made you gay? Ooh. Um, which you're, I hope you're laughing right now, but I also hope you're thinking, actually, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> um, because then everyone would just be like going after each other and shit. Like that could actually be pretty interesting. And it's one of the premises of our favorite porn. Like literally, <laughs> let's talk about this one more time. Yes. Because my favorite porn of all time is The Hole. <laughs> if you've never seen The Hole, guess what it it's based on? It is award winning, people. It's beautiful. <laughs> guess what it's based on? The Ring. Yeah. And, and the only thing with this is that... Um, when you watch the video. It makes you, it makes you gay. In seven, in seven days, days, it makes you gay, yeah. Um, it's, it's actually, it's also, it's really sexy. So if you're, inter- if you're into gay porn... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or if you're into million dollar listing, sure. Uh, there's the name? guy from Eric, or no, it's not that Eric Eklund. Eric Eklund, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to think he was really sexy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, folks, that's <laughs> our show, episode thirty-eight. We have some things we want to talk about before we let you go, though. First off, we are, as always, very proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, mm-hmm. and also uh, this is episode thirty-eight. Guess what? On episode forty. We're going to be playing the messages you've been leaving us on Uh our hotline, you dirty little fucks. And you can leave more (laughs) messages if you haven't yet. The number to do so is 872-208-3119. Once again, you didn't hear him wrong. That's 872-208-3119. Literally leave a message about whatever you fucking want. We we don't care. For sure. Um, and we're going to play the best ones on episode 40. So get ready for that shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to be a little selective just because I think we have more than what yeah, we can like, fill the space. Yeah, so, guess but... what, Kenny? We're not going to listen to you fucking moaning again, right? <laughs> and Deborah, we're tired of you calling um, about your order because guess what, miss? This is this is a Wendy's. You know what I mean? A Wendy's? Just keep going. Just <laughs> um, keep going. Keep okay. going. Uh, so obviously you can become a Patreon today. How do you do that? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Frygate13. How much do you have to spend? Uh, literally a dollar. Wow. And we'll, How much? But you could spend more than a dollar. Yeah, you, you can spend a dollar to $20. Honestly, we have some perks in there. We know that this isn't like the traditional Patreon that you maybe have heard of yeah. before uh, because we're really proud that we don't want to hide any content behind there. But we do have some nice perks in there. So if that it's sounds fun. appealing to you, go right ahead. It's obviously not. It's not. You don't have to, but it'd it be just, nice. It just helps us make a better show. Yeah. That's it. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then also social media, if you would give us a like or a follow, follow. we just surpassed 10,000 followers on Twitter, which, which is, is amazing. Fantastic. It's a big milestone for it us is. kids. Yeah. Uh, all at Frygate 13, or you can look us up on Facebook at Frygate the 13th Horror Podcast. Also um, our website, Frygate13.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, just thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Spanky oh, very much. Well, I guess one more thing. What, um, what is you, it? Wait, what? You can get apparel, uh, including limited edition Sukadeek apparel. How do they do that? At teespring.com slash Friday 13. Oh, how nice. Or Tee Public. 
We'll, we'll, listen, we'll, we'll put it on social. Try Don't worry both. About that. Yeah, just, just, you know, listen, anywhere that you find our merchandise, just buy it. It's going to benefit us in some way. But if you want to be a member of the Sukadeek fraternity, there's only one way, kids, and that's literally you have to buy your way in. Yeah. So you better spend that dollar, you little shit. Chapstick coming soon. Chapstick coming soon. We're not joking about that. But listen, for real, though, thanks, everybody. Um, it's a tough time out there. You've got to take care of yourself. Yep. You gotta take care of your people. So don't be an asshole. You better wear a fucking mask. And if either of us ever hear that you, yeah, you are not wearing a mask when you know you should be, we're gonna, we're gonna, you, you know what? Actually, I don't even know, but we're gonna be mad at you. That's and, it. And as always, we encourage our listeners to get, get slayed. slayed.